going on good people uh you are here with the robin dre talk stuff podcast i am robert e holly and i am andre irving here for more stuff <laughs> talking stuff so today we're talking we're gonna call this like a volume one because i think we this is something we could do a few more times but this is uh this is gonna be our foreign film television volume one mixed bag of foreign stuff to put you up on this is our second post well not post but during the coronavirus pandemic um that we're recording you know we try to keep these evergreen so i probably won't mention it much again but we are in the middle of the coronavirus right now uh and we know a lot of people you know just home binging have been binging for for months now uh and maybe there might be some foreign stuff that you want to explore and look into or wasn't on your radar. So we got a few a few picks of ours that we like that we want to talk to you about. Yeah, because there's some uh, some really good stuff popping in and rolling around overseas. And, uh, you know, America doesn't really pay attention too much of what goes on outside of America. So we're kind of here to kind of nudge you along a little bit. Um, some old goodies and some newer goodies. And it's going to be a mixed bag of goodies that we're going to speak about today okay so i say let's start with let's start with uh tigers because that one that one caught me off guard you introduced me to that one uh tigers are not afraid this film in particular is available on shutter uh if you don't know what shutter is or don't have shutter uh, you can look it up and uh i think the first month is free so you just give them your email address and you can sign up for the first month free uh, it's a service that has more so horror films uh, and yeah, more so horror films. Yeah. But this, I mean, they consider it horror, but I didn't even really well, Shutter, look at it as a horror. Yeah, Shudder is a mix. It's, it's horror and thriller. So more on the, the edge of your seat kind of part of the film genre. A um, little bit of jump scares here and there, but like that whole horror slash thriller genre of filmmaking is what Shudder specializes in. They have some of their own originals um, and they do also uh, in the, like in the case with Tigers and Not Afraid they do purchase um, independent films because this was a Mexican independent film that they uh, purchased and now roll out as part of their own exclusive roster. Got you. Okay. So yeah, so this is this is an acquisition. Yeah, it was an acquisition. Cool. So you want to get into it? Uh, okay, and I'm sorry I keep interrupting you, but I keep asking you to get into it and I start talking. Yeah. But it's so funny to me that it, it is, but it isn't that hard to explain the movie, but um, even in the previews, it was like, you know, don't even try to explain it, just go watch it. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, the, um, the previews like the trailers don't really tell you a damn thing about the movie. Um, <laughs> so the, the the previews themselves don't tell you much of anything about the movie. So you can watch the trailer and have no real idea of what's going on. Um, but the basic premise is, is we got these. It, it centers around a series of well, a bunch of kids in Mexico. They don't. I'm not sure if they actually specify which town in Mexico, but the town is ravaged by uh, drug cartels. And um, in this particular case, the cartels are involved in human trafficking. So all the kids have been mm -hmm. orphaned because their parents have been either kidnapped or sold or kidnapped and just outright 
killed. So they're kind of like surviving on their own. So it's a, mainly a child cast. Uh, some adults are in the film, but it's mostly centered on the kids and what they go through. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, but the, the film itself was actually released in 2017 at the Fantastic Fest. Uh, which is like a, a oh festival. really? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't notice that in the the line notes. Yeah, so it was a, it was like it's a film festival that just like any other film festival, they got things coming in from anybody from anywhere that kind of makes the the cut to be featured and and to pre- premiere. So, um, so it was actually a, an acquisition that Shutter picked up. I think last spring. I'm not sure exactly on when they grabbed it, but it was some at some point last year they grabbed it and put it on their. Um, roster for streaming. So how, like, I could, I couldn't even figure out how to explain the fantastical elements of it because before we, before I saw it, you had told me like, you know, they have a fantasy element that's kind of string through, and I guess yeah. the 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 fantasy elements really act like, even though they do hold their weight on the film, they actually act like. Um, you know, a metaphor for what's going on, but like a physical metaphor. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the the way it's like so with the drug cartel setup that I gave you, and just forewarning for everyone, there are gonna be some light spoilers for any of the things that we light. speak about today. Light spoilers. We won't go into deep spoilers because we know we're gonna probably mention right. some things that you uh, haven't seen. So we would encourage you to go see it. But if you want totally non spoilers, then just I guess skim somehow and find what the titles are, what we're speaking <laughs> about. But some light spoilers. Right. We're not, yeah, we're not going to ruin the film, you know, too much. But we'll right. okay, we'll chop through. So in this case, with the uh, setup with the drug cartels and the missing parents, and it does mix some fantasy elements in there. So we've got like you know images of baby dragons flying around from time to time. And it's like all these things kind of get thrown into a blender, which is what helps make this movie rather unique. And we do encourage that you mm-hmm. check it. It uh, it yeah. is a Spanish language film, being from Mexico, and so subtitles and all the other wonderful jazz. Just deal with it, foreign film. So you know, read fast, <laughs> read fast, and, right. and and enjoy. We kind of follow around a, a young girl who's our, our I guess our center character and her she starts off with normal school life um she's um i would say like around like maybe eight nine tennis years old somewhere around there right um definitely preteen um and it starts off with her in school and then there's like a shooting outside or within the school they don't really clarify but gunshots go off and everyone is like laying down and you know the children are naturally frightened Right, and cover, right, right up, running under the desk and everything, right? Yeah, they're all like laid down under the desk and, you know, trying to keep their heads down. And she is on the floor and her teacher happens to be next to her. And the teacher is, sees how scared she is. And the teacher gives her three pieces of chalk and saying that with the you with these chalk, you can have three wishes, you know, just to give her something, a piece of comfort. So she holds these three pieces of chalk throughout the film. And it kind of plays with the wishes that she makes starts to affect mm-hmm. either the world or um, her perception of the world and with that you're kind of having they kind of play with does she really or really not have supernatural powers in regards to right um, stuff that's actually happening and stuff that she may be seeing happening and stuff that you are seeing happen as the viewer 
So like, right. And that's where, that's really where it gets into the the territory of, is it really fantasy or not? Like it's fantasy in the sense of she's having a fantasy. She could be having a fantasy, you know, right? or the, these wishes that she gets are, are driving, you know, her behavior or how she, how she's processing what she might actually be doing, you know? Right. I guess until the end, though. The end gets kind of fantastical. Yeah, well, even in even in the beginning, because uh, this is not too much of a spoiler, because it does happen within the first ten to fifteen minutes. Her mom gets right. gets snatched up by the the gang. Uh, I think the Huascas. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, that's um, they mm-hmm. pick, yeah they pick up. So they they pick up her mom, and she she doesn't see her mom from that incident at school. So she gets home from school, and her mom is gone. So she right. what her first wish is to see her mother again. And from there, her mom starts speaking to her from beyond. And we're not sure if that's really happening. Is her mom really popping up and out? Because she said, I wish I could see my mom or something like that. And from there, she hears these voices that are what we assume may or may not be her mother. But they're speaking in her mother's tone. And then they start to, her mother starts to urge her and push her to um, do certain things. Like I said, it's a cool film. Uh, Definitely recommend you guys check it out. Um, I'm trying to think what, because again, we, you know, we usually don't care about spoilers. We're trying to keep a spoiler <laughs> light. <laughs> what other films would you um, kind of compare it to? Uh, Tiger's Not Afraid. What other films? Um, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause like I said, it's, it's kind of, uh, I feel it's kind of unique with what they do. I mean, yeah. like it hasn't like, oh man, it, there were like two films that I heard somebody, um, uh, kind of compare it to and I was like okay I could see that but um it wasn't this one but the first thing that pops to my mind is kind of like stand by me-ish yeah I guess a little bit as far as the camaraderie of these kids yeah because the kids and do, they're going through yeah they, yeah. they kind of bond together and you know buddy oh it it was the comparison that uh, was made the the loser crew um in it even though this is these are kids who are trying to run away from cartels. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I can co-sign <laughs> the it comparison because the supernatural <laughs> elements are one. They're kind of to a benefit. Two, you don't know. You're never even up until the end. They, they do this on purpose. You're never really sure if the supernatural and fantasy stuff is is real or not. Right. They is really doing anything. Yeah. You're, so you, right. you're never really clear on that. Whereas in it, you know, you know, Pennywise is taking people out for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then in the case right. of tigers are not afraid, the danger is from humans, not necessarily uh, any, right. any ghosts. Like it's, it's, hum- it's awful humans that are committing all the real horrors. Uh, and it's actually stuff that's right. really happening as well. So, you know, very very much cool so yeah so that's tigers are not afraid and again that's available on shutter uh you can do their one month free subscription tester whatever you know uh on shutter and i know for a fact that you can rent it for 48 hours on apple tv yeah all right so second up we have uh another movie is that from mexico platform uh spain Spain, okay. Spain, so uh, platform. Spain, Spain, out of Spain, and uh, that is a Netflix exclusive. And so, platform is interesting. Platform, especially in the times we're in now, um, it's a literal. It's literally about 
classes and classism um, in the sense of it's this, I don't even want to say how many floors, but it's X amount of floors. It's a, a vertical jail yeah. where there's a platform in the middle of your, each cell is its own floor. Um, and there's a platform that drops from the ceiling Hot down. and goes down right from from the ceiling to the floor meaning when said platform isn't on your floor there's a big ass hole in your <laughs> in the middle of your cell um and from the top floor all the way down it starts with um exquisitely prepared food exquisitely prepared food yes. and uh each each floor gets two minutes to eat what they want and then it goes down and down and down. So when you think about that, it's okay. The first floor gets the the freshly prepared food. Right. Then the second floor gets a little less. <laughs> the and so forth and so on. And I will say that there are more than two hundred levels, <laughs> right, of this platform. Yeah. So and, and it's boom. <laughs> it's uh so it's, it's with the vertical kind of setup. It's almost a, a full blown um to the literal social ladder construct, right? You got the people on the top and each as the tiers go down, um, you know, people at the bottom have literally have a lot less. So in, in theory is the theory is that with the food that's prepared, there's enough food for every level within the facility if people only take what they need to survive. So if the people from the top, like at the first um, shot of, of the the food supply, if they just only eat what they need, then it, and then each successive level does that, it will make it all the way down to 200 plus levels worth of food. But human nature, people are greedy. You know, mm-hmm. that's not exactly what happens. <laughs> right. And then, of course, there's also another element that's thrown in where the floor that you're assigned to is randomly assigned. You get one roommate for your floor and that's your roommate until that person dies which we'll get into that later. Uh, right. You, you get one roommate and that's your roommate until they, they're gone, either released or, or died. And everyone is there to serve, serve their time. But each month, the, your floor gets reassigned. So you can be at the very top floor for say one to whatever mm-hmm. amount of months. And then all of a sudden you're at the very bottom or you're in the middle or you're the next floor lower. It's, it's random. They kind of gas you and switch you around. And this happens as a right. monthly occurrence. So right, and so yeah, one one month you 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 eating high off the hog, the next month, and you're there for a month before the next switch. Right. So that next the next month, that platform might come down, and it's nothing but dirty dishes. Right. Or the you were shitty to the person on the floor below you, and now the person on the floor below you now has dibs over you the next month. So that's that's yes, one yeah. of the dynamics that plays out within the film. Right. And, um, you know, this is spoiler territory, but it is an R-rated film and it's on Netflix. So cannibalism is definitely an option. <laughs> it just played out <laughs> in the film. So cool. So overall, what your feelings about how you like it? Um, it was it was it was cool. It, it um, in terms of what was done with it. I mean, some of it was a little, you know, um, I won't say heavy-handed because I don't really have too much of a problem with heavy-handed material here and there. But mm-hmm. um, 
I guess I want to say like a little too on the nose for certain things, but not to say gotcha. that it was too detrimental. I mean, like certain things could be a little more cleverly done, but in terms of what they were, the message that they were trying to convey, it was pretty clear. I have to say about 20 minutes to a half hour into the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not really in terms of how you, to navigate things on a cerebral level that you need to work too hard to get through it which and 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 i don't and it's okay from that from time to time but when you think about what could have been done on a cerebral level it could have been done um in a lot delivered better i guess it's yeah because i do feel like even like the first the first like 20 minutes of the film i feel like it's just a conversation isn't it between yeah uh, the guy is the old, the older, um, or his first roommate. Yeah, the main, um, main character Gore, yeah. and is all right. And that became a little much for me. Um, <laughs> you were like, oh. but even just with the, right, right, and just uh, some of the some of the the, the metaphors or uh, the visual metaphor metaphors, or just as far as the actions um, and the metaphors, you know, for society. They they were they were a little heavy handed. Heavy hand is a good word, <laughs> you know. Not that it not that it's like you know crazy or makes you roll your eyes, but it, it was heavy handed. Um, but I enjoyed it, man. I really did. Um, it, it was different, you know. All of these films that are on the list um, are very very different. I think one thing that we as Americans kind of lose out on is that Hollywood is here and we're used to the Hollywood film, right? Uh, and so even though we do have an indie scene and whatnot, a lot of these films or a lot of the way these films are presented and the stories that are told overseas seem like they wouldn't even be able to, you know, get their fair shot in <laughs> the U.S. cinema, even some of the, the more art house Cinemas, uh, whether that be because just the influx of the films we have here as well, or uh, just the audience, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, platform definitely one of those, uh, and that's why I like things like Netflix, where Netflix, for all intents and purposes, is a global television um, station. So they have to cater to all around the world, and so they get a lot of these cool films that we wouldn't even see in our art house theaters here in, here in America. And you know, we grew up in New York, so it's easy to see a lot of these kind of films in the in the art house yeah. theaters in New York. But outside of New York or the major cities, you might not get a get an opportunity to see it. So yeah, platform is definitely a watcher. Um, Another one, I think the one we should do next, and we didn't even put it on our list, even though it, I think it's the one that excited us about even having this particular um, episode, Train to Busan. Yes. <laughs> that was an awesome, awesome flick. Was that from Korea as well? Uh, Train to Busan is a South Korean zombie drama horror flick. Yeah. Horror flick. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, that this one is available on Netflix. So Train to Busan uh, starts out with pretty much a, a businessman, and he uh, I don't I couldn't tell if he has custody of his daughter. He has custody, or um, if yeah, he, he has custody. Yeah. The, he his mom takes and, care of her when he's working. Got you. And so he him and his uh 
daughter jump on a train and were they headed to Busan or were they headed somewhere else? Uh, the setup is uh, so the, the the main character he's like this high ranking businessman in a, in a company who deals with I think some related to chemicals I don't remember exactly chemicals or viruses it's one of the two they're doing like either epidemiology or chemicals something that um, actually leads to the zombie outbreak and we don't find that out till later yep. so spoiler like right at us um, but <laughs> with that said it doesn't hold that much weight. yeah it, it's not like a big it's gonna ruin the, the movie kind of spoiler it's not one of those so again spoiler light but where it, this is is that he's so busy with work he doesn't spend as much time as he should with his daughter who's uh, from what we gather from the film is never specified yes or no that she's his only child so his mother, for the most yeah. part, takes care of her while he's, you know, working seven days a week, uh, ridiculous hours, and has a tendency to miss important moments uh, in his daughter's life because he feels he needs to just work to support everyone, and he has to do this, and he doesn't really take time to be a parent. So that's this what this is where it, it kind of transcends um, traditional zombie gore stuff. And has right. has to inserts a little bit of a heart, bit of heart to it, because his daughter is um, feeling neglected, of course, even though she has grandma there. But grandma isn't dad, and she also misses her mother, who lives in Busan. So it's his daughter's birthday, and she wants to go to Busan for her birthday. And she has arranged and spoke with her mother. Her mother's waiting to receive her in Busan, and her dad doesn't want her to go to alone go alone and she's like well you never have time for anything anyway so just please just let me go it'll be fine it's just i'll be getting on the train and mom will pick me up at the station and so on and so forth so he insists and then he finally does go and they all go together as scheduled and then the zombies overrun the train in the process right so they all they all tried the uh, of course as as luck would have it a zombie or a pre-zombie gets on the train yeah and everything goes to shit <laughs> yeah and in this movie we got um cause uh, for those that are not familiar with the zombie genre or have seen zombie movies and not familiar with the term this movie uses what they call as call um runners so you got these zombies that walk like traditional Night of Living Dead style you know they got the mm-hmm. rigor mortis thing and they're slow and whatever and then you got zombies that do running like in with the uh Dawn of the Dead remake World War Z, World War Z. You know, they, they run full speed, they're fast and persistent. So Busan has and then, the runner type. And then like in World War Z, it seems like at some point they all kind of, they don't mind stacking on top of each other to get ahead. No, they, 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 zombies are pretty much, hey, <laughs> hey, food, let me eat it. <laughs> right. Hey, food, let me eat it. Here we come. <laughs> right. So why, why do you feel this movie stands out in the midst of the very overstuffed zombie genre? Uh, it stands out um, partially because of the, the heart that I mentioned. So the and it's, it's not like a background thing, because, you know, certain t- certain times like horror movies and things like a lot of the um, character development and uh, background story or stories between certain. Uh, various characters you know how they relate to each other it's kind of either surface level or background noise and zombies are at the center and not to say that zombies aren't uh, integral to how the movie plays out because they are and there's no way around it 
Um, but the the father trying to make up what he is because throughout the film he starts to realize what he's been missing in terms of um, what it means to be a, a father to this sweet kid because she is a sweet kid she's thoughtful and, mm-hmm. and yeah she's, she's very very thoughtful she's actually like does pushes her dad to help some other people in need who get in trouble during the train because he's just like screw it like it's me and my daughter we need to get out but she's like and she's like well right. well that's not how because I guess from her values that either her mom or his mom instilled into her in terms of you know being kind to people and caring about others and all sorts of stuff he's 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 she's correcting him on that kind of stuff throughout the film right and very much and he she she saying he finally he does listen to her and he's realizing I got this beautiful little girl that I've been neglecting um, for most of her life right and then I think um, even for her birthday present he gave her a Nintendo Switch or something which is the exact same present he got her like the year before so like when she opened <laughs> it was a week yeah <laughs> so when she yeah, it was a Wii, a switch or a Wii, something some Nintendo system and he, it was a Wii. it was a Wii, I remember <laughs> and and then because like he gives it to her and she opens it and then he sees he sees he sees that you know she's kind of like blase about it and she goes he's like yo um well well don't you like it I thought you always wanted these and he goes well I already have one and she points at it and it's in her room and it's like you you bought it for me last year for my birthday. <laughs> and he's like oh well <laughs> that's how much you pay attention sir uh, <laughs> yeah oh boy yeah but he does kind of redeem himself as a, as a father like he realizes like you know the error of his ways and he's trying to make it up to her and right yeah so that's like riding things and then you also have like this other family that's on there it's um I forgot the character's name but the the, the husky guy that was like brawling with like yeah. any, anybody possible his wife is pregnant and he's right. like a, a blue collar guy and he's he he adores his wife and he's taking care of, and he knows his baby's coming and he saves he's, he sees like you know our main character and calls him out on being a rich uh, upper class douchebag <laughs> a number of times several times <laughs> but he has taken mm-hmm. a, a the blue collar guy has taken a, a liking to the rich man's daughter who's riding the train to Busan right, right. so there's like a lot of little dynamics and like like I said these the relationships between the characters you know it's well acted and it's not taken for granted it kind of drives yeah. a lot and of the, what the arcs and character development is really solid um, and it's only like a 90 minute film and yeah. they pack you know, a lot they in. get a lot done yeah. yeah they pack a lot in and it's really cool and it's, it definitely stands out uh, in the genre uh, and then you know the train element is probably a large um, part of it too so it's like claustrophobia yeah, it, it really it really yeah claustrophobia I was about to say speed but not but kind of but not really but um yeah no it definitely it definitely stands out in the tier of zombie flicks yeah so what, and so Train to Busan that can be seen on Netflix at the moment I believe um Somebody was telling me there's a prequel animated short movie uh, available on Amazon Prime. I haven't checked it out yet. Neither. And then you were saying that this summer or is it next summer? This summer, there's supposed to be a sequel um, that's going to be named. It's, it's it's a kind of a pseudo sequel. So it's going to be a different cast. Time line wise, it's a month after Train to Busan ends. So it's like a one month later. 
And that one is going to be called Peninsula. It's supposed to come out this summer. But same writer, same director, though. We'll be saddling up right. on that again. Okay, cool. So we got we got a little a little universe building, world building. Yeah. That they're trying to do with theories. Yeah. Um, very cool. So okay. So next up is, and this one is available. Not only is it available on Hulu, but it's Hulu's biggest film to date as far as viewership. It was actually watched. It, yeah, in, in the first like week, it was on Hulu, and Hulu um, snapped up the the streaming rights for it immediately. Uh, it's Parasite, yeah. which won the best film um, at the Oscars. Yes, it is the first foreign film to win best film. Yeah, I think it was the first foreign language world to win the big prize at the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, and it won a few. Yeah, it, it cleaned up. It definitely won. A few. Yeah, it cleaned. And um, I enjoyed it, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And it's Parasite, uh, if I didn't say that already. But uh, it's available on Hulu and uh, exclusively on Hulu. And um, man, I don't even know. Is there much you could say without spoiling it? <laughs> um, yeah. It's- I guess you can say how it starts off before it goes ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, it does go ape shit. It, it does take time to set up the the characters and. Uh, slow burn like yeah, you said it, it, it's a slow burn um but it, it pays it once things kick up and i don't say um when it's a slow burn that things are dragging it takes time to explain the people that are in front of you it's set up yeah, yeah. It, so they're explaining the people that are in front of you so it's not just you no know, they're they're showing you a bunch of shit and that shit don't really mean shit except for the shit that they show you. And you're like, oh, look at this shit. And oh man, I'm hearing this shit. Yeah. No, it, it goes somewhere. Oh, and it, 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 and if you think about it, and if you just think about um, your movie watching, even like if you just watch like how lean towards like jacked up things happening to people. The when you see the jack things happening, it's it hits more when it means something. Right, so Parasite yeah yeah. so Parasite takes the time to do that and Train to Busan did the same thing like when people go or get eaten or slaughtered in Train to Busan you care because you spent time learning a little bit about the characters and whether right. you like or hate them so maybe you want them to get killed or maybe you want them to get away and you know so with that that kind of like setup whether it's zombies or in this case with Parasite and you're dealing with another story about classism, you kind of want some people to make it. So when you when you've got these characters that you're working with and then they do douchey things, whether you agree with the douchey things or not, um, do you at least have the why? So all of the, the whys for all the jacked up things that the that the the main family does with throughout Parasite, they have a reason. And the reason is they're poor and they're stuck in a really shitty um, class situation and they're trying to cycle. Yeah, they're trying to work their way up and trying to do more than just get by because they have been doing get by living in like a semi sub basement apartment. So it's like half above ground, half below ground. Um, they don't have much money. They're like folding pizza boxes for a pizza chain to make cash. Right. Um, yeah, so they they figure out a, a scheme to get themselves inserted with uh, the wealthy Park family. So the Kim family is the poor family who we spend most of our mm-hmm. time in the film with. 
and the Park family is like the rich upper class uh, family with you know huge house and lots of expendable cash and servants, which is what yeah, income is crazy. Yeah, so what that's one of the, the central theme in terms of classism. So like platform, it's um, commentary on classism and like yeah, I guess where they differ is. The, the the metaphor of the um the political jail, um well in in platform, oh, it's yeah. like a literal bullet. <laughs> it's literally showing you the levels of classes, you know, um in this living in this this jail where parasite is more, you know, this family mm-hmm. ingraining them themselves and having to be real slick about how they ingrain themselves with this rich family. Basically conning them, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. The, long, the long, long con um, of how they ingrain themselves in this family. And um, it's so funny because it's like if you look at like the normal hero's journey, they've reached a point where they realize their their situation might not be as bad as the next man's situation. Might not be as bad as they thought it was, you know, or or it's one of those like who's worst off? And it, it gets it it brings up a lot of questions um about class and about what we do as a people to get ahead, you know? Yeah. Uh, well and then when you start to chop it up, it starts to eventually get to the point where you start to think about who's the actual parasite, right? Is it the poor from the rich mm-hmm. or the rich from the poor? Because the the, right. the rich Park family, um, the mom is not really useful for much of anything. She mm-hmm. doesn't, whether she can or can't, they never really say, but she, she is put forward as, you know, incompetent. Uh, in a lot of ways her her kids dealing with some trauma and she doesn't know how to speak to the kid and this is how the the, the Kim family the poor family starts to work their way into their family because uh, the dad needs a driver because he can't drive himself or doesn't right. want to um, they need a housekeeper and the kid needs uh, the young yeah, the young the young boy needs was being signed up for art therapy and right. the teenage daughter needs a tutor to get to finish um, high school. So, the, right. so they are, they're kind of like matched up um, with four family members each: mom, dad, sister, and uh, a brother. And the same thing with the Kim family: mom, dad, sister, and a brother. And the Kims cleverly work their way. The rich family, each, yeah, each. Right, okay. the, the, the Kims work their way into each need that the Park family needs to get their whole family basically getting paid off of this rich family. But at the same right. time, the rich family can't seem to function without the poor people's labor. So the poor people's labor kind of help them with their day-to-day lives and that they can't, you know, cook. They don't know how to fix things that go on in the house. They don't know how to fix their work with their kids. They don't know how to really speak to their kids. And while the Kim family is like a tight as a family unit, even though they're poor, um, the Park family is kind of a loose family unit that doesn't know how to just operate as a family, but they got money. Right. Yeah. And then and then the other aspect of it as they get ingrained is um, 
the 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 rich family, the Park family, has no idea that these people are even in the same family. Right. That's that's also one Which of the, is the whole other thing. Yeah. So that's the whole other thing. Because if you think about it, like how smart the Khan is, that they start to the Kim families, and it's also one of the intriguing things about the movie is how they work their way into each need that the Park family needs each individual so they don't the, right. the Park family has no idea that the Kim family are, they're all the same group of people they just complain right. about how they smell that's their big thing it's like yeah, you know <laughs> right. poor people right. smells yeah. a certain way and you know and I, it's, the smell is offensive and that's like a common theme throughout the whole film and it just pops up from time to time it's like yo they just think because right because <laughs> they, they're broke <laughs> really yeah it was a really it was really um crafted very smart um and funny enough i think i text you that the whole time i thought it was an alien i thought it was supposed to be an alien movie and i, I don't know if it was just because of the the basement aspect that i kept seeing in the um in the trailers and of course the name Par- the name parasite for them so <laughs> the ads with the eyes blacked out <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it hit a point where i was like oh oh okay oh 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 you know mm-hmm. um but it was really it was really um well crafted it was smart um in the way the story was told in the way the the character arcs go um it's funny because well, no, let me not say that because that's a spoiler. But it's just it's just really well crafted as far as how they uh, they drop little breadcrumbs throughout the film and how these little breadcrumbs play into the wider story as it goes on. And I'm trying to be as unspoilery as possible. This, this is a hard one, trying not to be spoilery well, and trying to make it interesting at the same time. Well, there's also a lot of metaphors, like the metaphor with um, the rock that 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 uh, is given, yeah. given very early on to the the the, the brother in the, the Kim family. Uh, his friend mm-hmm. who's who's working for, who has been working as a tutor for the daughter in the Park family, he is leaving town and they need a new tutor and he's he pushes his friend to do it and he gives him like this rock that's like a, a symbol of hope that he carries on throughout the film um and they, material wealth in particular yeah so it's a it's supposed to be like provide hope and good fortune it's supposed to help you become uh, prosperous and the guy takes it to heart and carries around with him like like a little like almost like a baby sometimes he cradles it and shit and yeah. <laughs> and in some ways it did later on in the film it becomes his his downfall and i'm not gonna say what happens yeah. with the rock but it happens directly to mm-hmm. him and it's a little gruesome but that idea of like mm-hmm. no you know hope can sometimes kill you is also a bit of a thing a theme right or if you right. look at it as um regardless of how much hope that you have uh, sometimes these social class systems will still beat you down with whatever you hoped for. Right. Or once you've reached, you know, the goal, is it really, is it really what you want? You know, that too. Uh, is it really what you want? And especially in their sense, um, because and now I'm thinking more towards the end, but it's like, you know, in their sense, you you know attaining this dream doesn't mean you always attain the dream the way you want it right <laughs> you know and uh that's that's a constant theme throughout that film uh so yeah so that's parasite parasite 
is available on Netflix. No, not Netflix. Hulu exclusive. You can find that on Hulu. <laughs> so next we have. Oh, then this is one of my favorites. So next we have Kingdom. Kingdom is also from Korea. We're still in Korea, um, brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, we still <laughs> Korea. Um, Kingdom is a series. Um, they have as of now, and has two six episode seasons mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Um, and the best way I describe it to people is it's it's the Walking Dead with the politics, the um, the royal politics of say a Game of Thrones. I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but politics yeah politics in the royal arena is just uh you know you already know how that goes (laughs) and so uh it's this but again it's another zombie zombie genre um and i like i really like the way they play with zombies on this show there is a prince Mm -hmm. Who's destined to be king? I guess no, and that—that's one thing I can't. Um, I never really pinpoint it. Is he? He is the successor, but what happens that he's not in the kingdom like that? He would. They. So he was set up by um, people within the royal court, and they managed to frame him to be a traitor to to the throne. That's that's what happens. That's that's exactly. how he gets banished. So they manage to successfully, and this happens before the series starts. So we kick off with him already right. being an outcast. They and they, and they the same um, members of the royal court has have inserted uh, someone to be the queen, and she's quote unquote pregnant, which is kind of what the where where the fuckery starts. So so that that happens and then we're also dealing with classes um classes I said cast system same thing uh classes as well and um some flesh gets thrown into pretty much the dining room <laughs> and uh all hell breaks loose and everybody else starts turning into zombies. A lot of the the people. Right. Isn't that what it what happened? Um, there's a, a doc. Well, throughout the series, you kind of learn that there's a doctor who, um, what they call the resurrection plant. So in this, in this particular, right. um, world of the, I didn't want to get, yeah, <laughs> sorry, my bad. But <laughs> in this particular world, the outbreak is caused by this, this plant that grows naturally. So it's not like a, one of those things that you often hear about. Um, well, recently, because even if you go back to the original Night of the Living Dead, you never really learn what um, causes the zombie outbreak. Just zombies right. just appear one day. Um, right. And it, but uh, one of the often things is like, you know, government experiments or some kind of chemicals or some kind of virus mm-hmm. that begins um, the outbreak. In this case, it's just the plant. So it's it's nature that happens. And if the plant either, uh, I think they inject it to, the, to people. I don't remember because after you get bit, you can see you're infected from there. So the thing that starts the outbreak is the plant, the the plant. But uh, if you're bitten by a zombie, just like any other zombie thing, if you're bitten by a zombie, it turns into a zombie. (laughs) No, but something happens. Something happens where they eat infected meat. That's what happens in the first episode. Remember, they they eat the infected meat and they realize like like a, a, a dead body or something that's already infected gets cooked in the meat. And that's how everybody 
starts turning into zombies. That's how it gets bigger amount of hands. Yeah, that's that. Well, that becomes like part of the political drama. And one of the things that you try to sort out throughout the the two seasons. Um, they did get greenlit for a three a third season. Uh, yes, release date. I'm not not sure on as of yet, but um, they so the things like. The infected meat, where did it come from? Who put it there? And that's part of what the things that unfold. So you got the play of um, the prince being banished and he's successor to be the king and the current queen who's part of the scheming of going on with the other members of the royal court who's who's kind of like screwing with everybody, citizens included, right. and uh, at points even each other. So they're stabbing each other in the back and who's setting up who for what fall and, you know, the whole tug of war between that. Um, the prince trying to clear his name and return to the kingdom. Tug of war between that. Right. And so all of that is going on in the midst of. Yeah. And then how all of this affects, outbreak. you know, the zombie outbreak and just the regular people who are there because it's still it's a kingdom, literally and within the show called Kingdom <laughs> and, and how the how it screws over like the common man. So one of the main characters in the in the show is like um, he was like a regular guy. Um, your, your favorite boy that likes to gun butt everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they really is. haven't gone into this story. Like, it's this dude, so, and, you know, not spoiling much, uh, not spoiling anything. He, he fights with a musket. Because it's like, yo, <laughs> you gotta remember, this isn't like modern times either. This is like feudal uh, Korea. Yeah, it's in the 1500s. So, it's a zombie outbreak in the 1500s. My man has a musket, and with a musket, that's one shot at a time. So if the zombies <laughs> are on that edge, and they're runners too. So yeah, you know, and they're runners, right? They're running zombies. These ain't the the drag your feet zombies. Uh, so like, yeah. he's firing a shot. He's got to take the stick out and jam the stuff back in with the. Oh man, they on that edge. My man, my man goes to work with beating the hell out of them with that damn musket, and it's the funniest thing in the world. I'd say watch. Just to see him whoop somebody ass physically with that muscle, because <laughs> that <thing. laughs> he swings it like a good old baseball bat, <laughs> right? And so, and uh, you know, everything everything we've really mentioned happens within the first episode. Uh, even though each season is only six ep- um, six episodes long, it's a really good um, series. It's engaging. They they have an aspect to how the zombies operate that um i don't think i've ever seen before yeah um which is really cool um and it's just yeah the stories the character arcs everything the relationships it's really compelling and then like i said it's just to have the the political royal political drama in the midst of a zombie outbreak is it's really awesome and highly 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 recommended um yeah, it's only two seasons. Knock it out. You can knock it out in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's available on Netflix. Is there anything else you want to say about The Kingdom? Um, or Kingdom. The Kingdom. There's another show called The Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, which is on Netflix, which everybody seems to love. I haven't watched it yet. But remember, this is just straight it's up. It's called Kingdom. One word. Kingdom. <laughs> Not The Kingdom. Yeah. Um. The, well, the series is actually um, a webcomic first that kind of got adapted into this. So there you go with a comic book oh, wow. comic book material help contributing to um, quote unquote finger quotes. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm using finger quotes even though you can't see me. Um, <laughs> mature content. But yes. yeah. 
so but the, the thing is like again just like uh what i mentioned with train to busan where you kind of have like certain elements that kind of fall to the backdrop uh this is more political drama centered with zombies in it but the zombies stuff is used politically i'll say Right, so that, that's what kind yeah, of like, eventually political tool. Yeah, and crazy enough, um, the second season came out hell a week before or in the yeah like the early within the first two weeks of the Corona pandemic and in the U.S. Um, and it, it yeah it, it's the what is it the similarities as far as like how the outbreak becomes a political tool in the midst of the nonsense. Yeah. They parallel a lot. Um, and it makes for some compelling television. Yeah. Definitely bingeable. Definitely take it out. As I, I think I was watching like three to four episodes at a time at times. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's a good one. Highly recommended by Robin Dre talks. Um, and then we have two more, uh, so you want to do you want to do this next one because I, I don't remember a lot from it. I remember it came out when we were like college or high school. Um, but Run Lola Run. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Run Lola Run is dope. So we are leaving Korea. I think we the last three was all Korean. Uh, Busan, mm-hmm. Parasite, and Kingdom. Yeah. So we're leaving Korea and we're heading to Germany um, for Run Lola Run, which is um, pretty, pretty dope film. Uh, you can rent it on Amazon Prime. You can rent it on Google and you can rent it on uh, YouTube, actually. Yeah, so your outlet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Amazon Prime Video, YouTube and Google Play. So the cheapest option oh. is Amazon Prime, which has it for rent for three bucks. And YouTube and Google Play has it for rent for four bucks. Um, so yeah, this one is from Germany. This was also one that was got its premiere in the independent film scene. It was screened at the Venice Film Festival, um, Sundance, and uh, the Seattle International Film Festival. And it's racked up like a lot of awards back in the day. Um, the it competed for the Golden Lion. For those that are independent, that are familiar with the independent award scene. Um, and it's gotten like what year did it come out? Two thousand. It came out in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, so this. Oh wow. Yeah, so this. Oh, this is. This is an older one. It, it, they do have some uh, animated inserts, but it is um, definitely R rated film, and it deals with a couple of philosophical concepts. Um, determinism and um, for those that may be familiar with like the whole butterfly effect kind of chaos theory where the smallest of things can change the outcome of a number of things so the setup of this film is our title character um, Lola who has this fiery red hair which helps her stick out because <laughs> uh, they do a lot of color theory as well where they have like red bags and things that kind of trigger certain events and stuff like that so it takes place in the span of 20 minutes and that's within the span of 20 minutes but not to say that the movie's 20 minutes the movie's about um an hour and 20 minutes um our character lola is dating this guy manny who's a, a bag runner for these mobsters um and he does a deal with some diamonds and he has to get a uh, hundred thousand deutsch 
marks i don't know if i pronounced that right so my german speakers you can totally say yo man work on that but i <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he has a hundred thousand deutsche marks that he has to do as a drop off to the dealer who's uh not uh, not a particularly forgiving person so Lola's fully aware of what her boyfriend's into um, and he, she's supposed to schedule she's scheduled to pick him up because his drop is um, or his drop slash pickup because he drops diamonds off and picks up the, the cash to take to the gangster uh, she's supposed to come get him because he's way it's way out in the countryside he doesn't have a car she has a moped and her moped gets stolen so her moped gets stolen and she doesn't make it and then he winds up having to do like this long walk and he takes the train and he leaves the bag on the train and that gets picked up by a homeless person so he's like screwed and he's like shitting bullets and he's like calling her he's like yo man you're supposed to be there you're never late like how do you how you're usually always on point I can always rely on you and then like the one time you didn't make it now I'm like this might be my life because this guy's gonna kill me Right. And she's like, no, well, right. if you just speak to him, he'll understand. And he's like, he gives a story about how he had was like slightly short and would told the guy that he would give him a couple hundred bucks. And the guy was like, not nice about it at all. Mm-hmm. So we know who we're dealing with. So she takes off running on foot because, you know, her moped stolen and the cab that she was trying to take to help him. He went in the wrong direction. So she doesn't trust the cab service. And she takes off on foot to get the hundred grand from her dad, who's like a bank executive, to give to him. And that's where kind of the movie starts. Um, even though, you know, my explanation and my opening breakdown was kind of like long, it kind of rolls a lot faster than how I, <laughs> how I explained it. But in mean, um, 20 minutes, uh, the, the, the actual event goes down in 20 minutes, but it kind of plays out somewhat uh, comparable to the Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah. So if those are familiar with Groundhog's Day or movies similar to Groundhog Day, where um, the characters that we're following uh, relive the same moments. Um, and they try to adjust their actions to try to get a different outcome. That's the idea with Run Lola Run, ex- with the exception that in this case, um, the character Lola herself, are, she's making the resets. So she, there's like three tries throughout this, um, throughout the movie. And each one of those, she wills the next do over. So with one instance, and I'll, I won't go, like I said, this, our podcast today is Spoiler Light, so mild spoiler coming up. Um, her first run because <laughs> he's saying like okay it's it's like 11.40 when he makes the call and he's standing across the street from the supermarket that he knows brings in about 200 grand a day so he's saying it's 12 now it's halfway through the day there should be uh, 100 grand in there for me to get or close to it and I'm going to rob this place in 20 minutes if you're not here because I got to do this because the bag drop is soon and I need to have this cash or it's my ass so she's like you stay there I'm gonna get the money I'll be there in 20 minutes so she takes off one foot uh, to run to talk to her dad and her dad unbeknownst to her is having an affair with one of his co-workers and he's so one of the things that comes into play is like while she's on the way there uh, what time does she get there within the conversation she gets different information so the first example she interrupts uh, the co-worker tells her dad that she's pregnant and the guy, and he's, he's she's pushing him to leave Lola and Lola's mother behind and marry her because it's time for him to commit. You know, one of those kind of scenarios. And he says she's pregnant, and Lola runs in while she says that. And then the second do-over, Lola runs in a little later, and it, the it, the 
real thing is that not only is the coworker pregnant, but the coworker is pregnant with someone else that she's been sleeping with. So Lola's entry point at within that conversation will vary how how much her dad, how much information her dad gets um, from the mistress, and so on and so forth. So that kind of scenario is something that carries out with a number of characters from. Uh, full-blown characters that are developed through the film to even married characters to who Lola bumps into on the street. So Lola, one of the recurring people that she bumps into on the street that's a minor character is this lady pushing a stroller. So whether Lola runs into her physically, runs around her, or um, just grazes her, that woman's life changes, right? So they, and then for, the, for the minor characters, you get like snapshots into their future. It happens like really like these quick cuts of like pictures so like she'll pass her and then you get like you know her, her and Lola will have the interaction then you get this quick cut of like like say four or five photos like click 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 almost like polaroids of things that happen so one of them uh the woman she winds up in uh busted for drug using winds up in rehab da 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 and dies and then the other one she um how she, too much. yeah how she bumps into Lola she she goes into get married and stuff like that so those things like that they happen with a couple of different characters throughout so within that that kind of butterfly effect chaos theory where minor things explode into bigger things that's a theme throughout mm-hmm. the film and it's kind of like cool to watch it all play out play out yeah cool and yeah like I said when I texted the other day I definitely remember the animated sequences those stand out to me for some reason that and her red hair um but yeah I'm definitely I'm gonna catch that one again too yeah I'm excited about it um but run Lola run so again that's available Amazon Prime for rental you said right so I Amazon Prime YouTube and Google Play I personally watched it on the DVD that I bought over a decade ago. Hee hee, I still have DVDs, everyone. <laughs> but yeah. All right, so last but not least is uh, one of my favorite movies ever. I think it's might be on the list of like my top five ever um, is out of Brazil. And it is City of God. Brazil. City of God. <laughs> 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 There's no capoeira. Son, remember when we used to do capoeira down the hallway? Yes, in, in high school, only the strong. And the look. <laughs> do, do my BS capoeira <laughs> sidekicks. <laughs> in in uh, Malloy khakis oh. and. Uh, Oh my god! <laughs> and suede shoes. Oh my god! And what song? It was from a movie. It was from a movie that y'all were always quoting, and it was like oh. some song you would sing while you. Yeah, were... banana. It was only the strong. They had that banana. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Son, the movie. That oh movie was my fire. god! I see that. <laughs> okay. that. And then um, Bob's Burgers has a Capoeira episode. So every time I hear people talk about Capoeira, I think about the image of you doing that crazy ass cartwheel screaming that song and Bob's Burke. <laughs> but anyway, <I'm... laughs> um, City of God is available on Amazon Prime and YouTube and Google Play for rental. Uh, it's out of Brazil and it's a real interesting, real cool film narrative wise and uh, just, you know, the kids in it it's uh the film is mostly child actors Mm -hmm. and uh, one thing that's cool about this film was the gentleman who directed it used real kids from a slum in brazil 
And he actually gave them like, you know, acting workshops. And so they're really kids who grew up within, you know, the somewhat within the world that this story is based on and the story on deals with uh deals with a few um things not really class but just like you know growing up within the space of i guess does brazil have cartels was it a cartel it was uh it, they, they had they had some drugs but it's mostly like um combination of like extortion because remember they were like shipping in like uh, gas supplies and stuff like that was going on mm-hmm. so they uh the the crimp, the gangsters were. This is in like a suburb of Rio de Janeiro, um, right? Yeah, C- Cidade de Deus, and I'm probably butchering that. Cidade de Deus, but probably butchering that pronunciation as well. So, my Portuguese speakers, if you wanna say your drink, work on that. Yeah, go for it. But yeah, so. They, the, the criminals there are kind of like extorting the poor people to help themselves get ahead. Right. So like, it's almost like they're kind of eating their own kind. This, in this. Right. And it's, it's really about, it's really about growing up as a, a child and experiencing your youth under the backdrop of all of that. <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, and so the, the main kid, his name is Rocket. And I believe, because I, I haven't seen it in a while, but it's just such a great film. I always recommend it to people. But it, it takes place in two points of his life, right? His childhood yeah. and then his... When he grows up a little pre-teen, bit. Yeah. Right. His, his teenage years. And so, again, these, these kids um, who are in this film, they're just like... They kill it, man. <laughs> they really, really kill it. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, growing up, like, <laughs> think, and none of the characters are like Opie Cunningham, but just think we need <laughs> to be very... Opie Cunningham. <laughs> you, you, reach, you reach that deep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> leave, it, leave it to Beaver. <laughs> A young Ron Howard. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The day-to-day life of a of a young 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 guy, young pup, and you know it's the backdrop of the slums of Brazil. Could have done better. No, no, it's fine. Like, like basically, there there's no whistling by the creek <laughs> at all. No, no, no. At all. None of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, right, and he's just like you know because no because the the thing is um that's real different in a lot of the stories you kind of see of coming up out of the slums is it's always the the though the slums play a character a lot of these films to me. It's like the slums are really like dragging these characters down and it's it's a fight for survival type thing. And though there's aspects of that in some of the characters, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that with the main character to me. And that's what always stood out. It it doesn't it's like it's like, yes, I, I you know, I would love not to live in this space. But this is this is where I'm from. This is my family I've made with my friends. You know, we we're just living life, and it's just a 
you know, on an unfortunate circumstance, but it's not that the ghettos are really like pulling you down. You know what I mean? So like, like you want to avoid you want to avoid being shot and strung up by the local gang. Yeah, but there's still life. You know, like you still got to live it. There's still day to day. There's still happy moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's almost like he is and is not at the same time a product of his environment. Right, right. Like, and um, and, and I, I guess it's it's not as many characters succumb to it as you normally see in films like this mm-hmm. and I think that, that that was something that stood out to me and then just the way the story is portrayed because um, evidently it's based off the, a book and in the book there's like 24 main characters and they jump from story to story to story so knowing that and then seeing how it's executed in the film is really cool yeah uh, so like we got a, the main character um, Rocket and um, of course, he's. I guess, well, as you mentioned, like he is and isn't the product of his environment. So, I guess what I'm what I mean by that is, um, the environment is harsh, and it has shaped his personality. But he's not a harsh person, right? Um, so, it shaped the personality in terms of like he has adapted to where that he can survive and not well, not even just survive, but see a future for himself outside of where he is. And that he's, right. he's he's throughout the movie he's working to get himself there. Um, yeah, I guess the point I was trying to make with he doesn't seem like a victim of his surroundings. No, no like no, they, they tend to do a lot of films like this. Right. He's 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 uh, he's like, hey, this is what it is. This is where I grew up. I've made some great friends, and I love my friends, and they love me back. So he, it's not like he has. Right. He's like the good person amongst a shitty group of people who kind of like you know kick him any way they can or stab him in the back because it's right. it, it for the is there's his tight tightest circle of friends there they're you know they're good friends to him so he's a good to them and they're good to him um some bad things mm-hmm. happen to some of them um and um and then of course that's not all universal in regards to like not all all of the kids in the neighborhood are good because then you got the his i guess polar opposite with it which is little zay who's who is that benny Lil Zay was the little gangster kid that did more than just join oh, in. Lil yeah, Lil Zay, he, he not only kind of fell into it, he reveled in it. He enjoyed like, every kind of awful <laughs> impulse that he could impose upon him. And that, that's going from him just right. being a kid. He, he was like that as a kid because like just like how we jump from like super young to like, you know, teenage older years. Uh, within the film when in the terms of Rocket they do the same thing with Little Zay so we meet like young Little Zay and even him as a, at a young age he's like seven or six or seven-ish when he has his when he first kills somebody yeah he's like yeah five or six yeah, yeah. so he's like super young when he gets like first kill gets a first gets a gun in his hand and kills someone and he's he's like yo this is awesome and that's what he wants to be <laughs> right <laughs> and then Right. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, throughout life he kind of climbs the rungs of the criminal underworld in Brazil. Yeah. Then he be, he becomes one that's also exploiting his. <laughs> they're pretty much his neighbors, um, exploiting his yeah. neighbors for his gains and um, misdeeds and misgivings. Uh, and then you also got um, the kung fu guy. I forgot his name. Knockout Ned. Is that Benny? No, no, not Knockout Ned. Remember Knockout oh. Ned? They look up they they look up to Knockout Ned who becomes like a, a local hero 
cool. Right. Um, for those that are unaware, like a lot of stuff that's not all of it, because it is a dramatization. A lot of what's happening in City of God is based on a real thing, which is what freaked me out. <laughs> because uh, so I love to tell this story. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I love to tell this story because um, coming up in high school, you know, we always like, oh, you know, we got to visit Brazil because we just hear like, you know, it's parties, women, this and the third, you Big know, up, yeah, buddy, yeah. <laughs> right, wilding. Uh, you know, you hear about everything that goes down in Brazil, so we had always said we wanted to do Brazil we want to go to Brazil go to Brazil I'll never forget I because my daughter was born by then so this had to be like my junior year of college um they had just dropped the DVD of City of God yes. and I picked it up and so I watched it um and I loved it you know and I told Dre I was like yo you have to see this movie you have to see this movie it's about Brazil this that and the third so we saw it Loved it just as much as I did. I don't know if I'd mentioned that they had, you know, just this extra documentary that kind of spotlighted the real Brazil or not, or if he just watched it. But from that day to this day that we're recording right now, it shook Dre so much <laughs> that Dre has no intention of ever visiting Brazil ever in life. Yeah, no, like the movie is great. I enjoyed the movie. I still enjoy the movie if I watch it again now, um, <laughs> decades later. It was just uh, right. when the documentary was like, oh, yeah, this thing you saw in the movie, yeah, that really happened. This thing you saw in the movie, oh, yeah, what? that really happened. This thing you saw in the movie, oh, yeah, that really happened. And I was just like, oh. No. And uh, so. <laughs> Why do I want to go there again? <laughs> not to say, look, look, for those that want to travel to Brazil, go for it. I'm just not doing it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of it is just exaggerated paranoia on my part. I, you know, I know, oh I know people God. from Brazil and stuff and um, yeah. they, they love their home just like anyone else does. So everyone loves their home. So that's part of why I guess I don't necessarily take their feedback. <laughs> Who doesn't love their home? (laughs) It got so crazy though that there was a good string. I'm talking about for a good decade. I haven't done it in years, but for a good decade, I would just randomly send Dre, yo. Da, 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 when we go to Brazil, just to have him say, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> Look, just because I, I knew it would be immediately, it would be immediate. No, get the fuck out of here! Stop talking to me. Leave me alone. Just to fuck with him. Um, but yeah, and then one aspect there was, a, it, I think you always spotlighted that in the this documentary that's part of the uh, the DVD extras, there's a guy, like, because don't they talk to somebody from, I guess you could say, each of, the, like, the three classes of citizen, and one of them was, like, I think they talk to a cop, and they talk to, like, a school teacher, and then the third person is an actual gangster whose face is covered, like, in a bandana the entire time, or something like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's been a tour, like, through, like, the drug houses, the trap houses, and the slums of Brazil. <laughs> and Dre was like, oh. Yeah, and then, uh, oh, no. <laughs> So for the, and those that may watch City of God, Knockout Ned's story is a real story. <laughs> right. 
right. I, won't, I won't necessarily say what awful things happen that triggers knockout Ned to start <laughs> knocking people out <laughs> and becoming this like <laughs> this this pseudo vigilante within Very Brazil. But it, right. it's pretty jacked up. Uh, I will say that Lil Zay <laughs> is the culprit. Um, <laughs> and, and I was just like, oh, that that happened too. Whoa. <laughs> that is the one place my black ass don't need to go. <laughs> We're talking about from 03 to 2020. Dre has refused anything that's ever been said about going back, going to Brazil. Dre yes. has shot me the hell down. And me being the good friend I am, I find it hilarious each and every time. Yes. <laughs> all, all thanks to the City of God related um, accompanying, docu- God, right. <laughs> accompanying, accompanying <laughs> documentary to the DVD to the DVD, right? <laughs> the DVD extras <laughs> of City of God. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> right. Oh man. So all right. So we've covered seven good interesting awesome films and I just want to go over the checklist one more time so we got Tigers Are Not Afraid Mm -hmm. which is available on Shudder and I know for a fact you can rent it on Apple Plus Apple TV Mm. you have Platform which is a Netflix exclusive from Spain Tigers Are Not Afraid Mexico Mexico Um, our next three Parasite Train to Busan and Kingdom are all from Korea. Well acted. You can also. find Paris. Huh? Well acted also, by the way. Well well acted. Very much. Yeah, very much. All three. Um, so Parasite is available exclusively on Hulu. Train to Busan is definitely available on Netflix. Kingdom is a Netflix series. It's not only is it exclusive, it's a series that Netflix actually produces. Run Lola Run, you want to tell us where that's could be found? Uh, that's German Uh, Run All The Run is available on Amazon Prime um, YouTube for rent and Google Play for rent right and the same is for City of God which is from Brazil Um, those same three outlets that Dre just said for Run All The Run you can find City of God so uh, yeah, yeah you know we highly recommend these films this was a fun one Uh, you know just some foreign stuff just to added into the mix of your binging and watching and uh you know let us know in the comments on either robswatching.com or the robs watching facebook uh where we usually where we always post these um podcasts let us know what you think uh i'm robert e holly you can find me at rob r-o-b at a-t grave shift on Instagram and the Twitters. So I am Andre Irving and you can find me at Dre at Grave Shift D-R-E-A-T spelled out G-R-A-V-E S-H-I-F-T and yeah um, check this stuff out um, and this is like like we mentioned earlier this is only volume one of our foreign flick stuff um, don't knock foreign movies. I know some people are a little apprehensive about doing it. Um, just from even just a movie making perspective, um, people around the world have different points of view on things, and some of that is actually very damn interesting. So get out of your get out of your bubble sometimes. It'll you might treat yourself, especially to our U.S. Uh, listeners. You know, U.S. is very unique, uh, just like 
you know, we, we're from New York where we realize New York is very unique from the rest of the U.S. So um, there's different, you know, POVs out there. So enjoy this stuff and take it in and share it with your friends and comment, comment, comment and share, share, share. Talky, talky, talky. <laughs> All right. So this has been the Rob and Dre Talk Stuff podcast. And we thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, staying with us. Peace. Peace.